Hey fam, what's up? So, last night on the Roland Martin show, you know, I, I love being part of the Monday night panel. We have such incredible guests. You know, last week, uh, we had, last night, I should say, we had Spike Lee on. And we also had Corian Evans, a 16-year-old from Mississippi who saved four people from drowning. And I've been reflecting a lot about his story and very grateful for the attention that he's getting. And that was just, there's so many layers to the story that I've been processing. And I don't know if he said this on the other networks that he's been on, you know, the other interviews that he's done. But when he was with us, he said that he and his friends were going to a place after this party they were at where they could just kind of hang out. And it's a place that police don't really frequent. So they could just go there and kind of be and not be bothered. So that was a thing, right? But then when he sees the situation happen, you have three girls who are in the pool and the officer who tries to save them. I don't know the race of the girls, but the officer was white. And you see his story uh, and, and, and Corian Evans is saying that, you know, I couldn't let these people die. And it's, it's just so ironic, right? That he would go to a place that he could be away from police and end up saving poli a police officer. But it actually, to me, it speaks to several things and it speaks to like the inherent contradiction of our existence being black in America. Because many of us have always said our issue is not with white police or black police. It's always been black versus blue. You know, many of us have an, an, an animosity at worst and a distrust at best for many within law enforcement. And it's not because of some inherent thing that we're just born with. It's just that we've always wanted to be seen as human beings in front of the police. And we've always wanted to have positive and strong relationships with the police. I'm thinking of Stephen Pryor's, uh, sorry, I'm thinking of Richard Pryor's uh, classic uh, routine when he's talking about, you know, officer friendly and how white people have that relationship with them. But, but for us, it's just completely different. And, you know, that, that that's true. And even with that, I don't know any black person who would see a police officer struggling and suffering and be like, yeah, officer die. Now, I'm not saying there are, there are none. I'm, I'm keeping it real. I'm just saying I don't know those black folks. You know, we just want to be. We just want to be. We just want to have opportunity to be ourselves. And But it doesn't, our, our somewhat distrust that we may have for police doesn't affect us enough that we wouldn't lose our humanity. And for and, and again, I'm talking about a large generalization here. And I just think that it was it was important to, to note that in that story. The other thing I found interesting as I write this book that deals with lies and stereotypes about black people, I've been talking a lot about swimming and the history of black people with swimming in the United States. And what has been so interesting about it is uh, Corian learning to swim at the age of three because he was swimming in his grandmother's swimming pool. And I'm just thinking like, wow, what if he never learned to swim? There are four people right now would have had their lives ending. But I, was thinking of, I start thinking about how black people were denied opportunities to swim in local communities when integration came about. Uh, thinking of one of our great uh, friends of our family, Mimi, who passed a couple of years ago, who was instrumental in integrating a swimming pool and an acid thrown in her face, rest in peace and power. And, you know, there were white people who would let entire community centers shut down so that they wouldn't let black people swim there. 
And when you look at Heather McGee's book, The Sum of Us, there are places that are just open, there's slabs of concrete that used to be thriving community centers, but people just shut it down and filled pools of concrete so that we couldn't swim there. So when you look at people like, you know, Simone Manuel and, and, and the Olympic medal that, that she won and why that was so significant, you know, a lot of times when you see these private community pools in these neighborhoods, they were created so that black people couldn't be there. So you had the racial aspect of not being get, uh, being able to get access to swimming pools. And then you have the economic aspect for people who may have lived in areas where there was no way you could get to a pool. You just don't learn how to swim. And so even at certain levels, when you look at numbers of people drowning disproportionately on, on some statistics, for, for black people, it's like seven times higher than white people for like the 10 to 14 age range. And so... The situation with Corian, it really made me think about that whole history. Like, what if his grandmother didn't have a swimming pool? Would he have ever learned how to swim? Maybe he would have. I don't know anything about his socioeconomic status or anything like that. But, you know, there are black children his age who come from communities where it's a serious challenge. My book is talking about how the challenges that black people have to deal with don't just hurt black people, they hurt everybody. The officer who he saved his line, his lineage was, was almost ended if it wasn't for Corian and those three girls. And so I hope what I'm saying makes sense because really at the end of the day, we have to understand that in order to find common ground in these uncommon times, we have to work on the things that unite us, the things that bring us together, understand our common humanity. Uh, to be quite honest, I'm afraid for what happens with Corian once the intention dies down and people just kind of see him as a quote unquote regular black kid uh, and, and what could happen with that? Because really, at the end of the day, all of our children are special. I'm talking about all children of every background, of every race, you know, and should be treated as beautiful human beings. And we know in America, that's just not the case. And so I'm hoping that Corian continues to get all of the strength and praise that he deserves. I'm hoping that we can sit back and kind of look at the teachable moment as it relates to our common humanity that was demonstrated by that and the way he's being acknowledged by so many people. And just really at the end of the day, I, I think that there are some historical things that we can take from all of this. I mean, black people fought in every war, You're not because, you know, well, in part because we love the country, but we also wanted an opportunity to showcase our humanity and hope that we could be equal one day. And, and what Corian did to me is in that spirit. And so I appreciate what the brother did. I appreciate the praise that he's getting. And I hope that going forward, this could be a lesson in a strong lesson in humanity for all of us as we work to build communities where everybody can be celebrated and not tolerated and be upstanders and not bystanders. Peace. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.